What's up, everybody? Welcome to Sweat the Bet, presented by Odds Jam, with your host, Matt underscore Modi underscore Bets and Parlay Doc. Hope you enjoy. All right, we are live, my friend. Hey, what is up, everybody? All of you DGens out there, welcome to <laughs> Sweat the Bet podcast, brought to you by OddsJam.com. I am your host, Andrew Kim, aka the Parlay Doc on Twitter, and here with me is my co-host Matt Modi. What's up, Matt? Not much, Andrew. How are we doing? I'm very excited for this game tonight, I gotta say. Oh, yeah. I think everyone is revved up for tonight. So basically, we're going to start off with our opening tip-off. So today, we are going to talk a lot of NFL, actually, during the meat and potatoes portion of our show. We're going to talk about the Calvin Ridley suspension that everyone's been talking about. We're going to talk about the big NFL QB trades with... Russell Wilson, Carson Wentz, and then, of course, what we're all kind of excited for, we're going to spend a good chunk of our show today talking about our best bets and favorite bets for the very big Nets versus Sixers game in the NBA tonight. So to to tip things off, so I'm going to start off with my opening tip, hot take, all right? All right. This it. is going to go with the uh, Calvin Ridley theme that we're going to talk about later today. My, my opening tip off for today for you, Matt, is... NFL players should be allowed to bet on their own over props and for their team to win. Those are the two exceptions. So here's my rationale. They already have bonus incentives in their contracts. So they're already gunning for their overs. They're already trying to hit those incentives, those receiving yards, sacks, whatever, passing yards. You want their team to win, so they're not going to be tanking. So we're not really jeopardizing the quote-unquote integrity of the game because they already have that. We're already letting them do what they're already trying to do is make some money. So they're just doing it, getting, giving themselves a little bonus outside of their already established bonus incentives on their contracts. So let them gamble. And I say, make it transparent. Let us know on a website, on the team website, when they're doing that to let the fans ride along for the fun and say, hey, man, he's really feeling himself today. I'm going <laughs> to roll with that. So what do you think? Should we allow that or is it too slippery, slippery of a slope? Are you buying or selling? Um, I, I, I disagree with you there. <laughs> I, uh, I, I can't get on board. I try to be as you know, uh, different and as uh, up to date with all my thoughts. But this one, I just I can't get on board with you. It's too much of a slippery slope. Um, and I mean, we'll talk about it in the Calvin Ridley, but uh, opening tip, I, uh, I'm sorry, my friend, I can't agree with you there. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. All right. All right. Moving on. So what do you got for me, Matt? So mine actually is not a hot take, but it's kind of a funny story. So I grew up in the DC area, uh, but I've always been a diehard Philly sports fan. If, if you couldn't tell by my background, right? Um, so I've always hated Washington sports almost as much, almost as much as I loved Philly sports. So um, prior to the last two years, I was a huge Carson Wentz fan. Absolutely loved him. Um, and I always told myself, like, I've always wanted a dog. So when the pandemic hit, like I was going to be home for a couple months, I knew. So I got a dog and I named him Carson after Carson Wentz. <laughs> so what's proceeded to happen since then is he had one year with the Eagles in which he was the worst starting quarterback in the NFL. He cried his way off the Eagles. He went to the Colts, had a terrible year. And now he's back in my life playing for the Washington football team. I just can't get rid of this guy. <laughs> So you're telling me that you you tell you're telling me you've induced depression in the dog, basically. Yes, right? what I'm telling you is that I, my dog is named after the football team that I hate the most in the entire world. <laughs> I always told myself if it, 
I would sell my soul if it meant the Washington football team would never have a good year. I would, I would absolutely do that. And now my dog's named after their starting quarterback. Poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. Uh, All right. So let's, let's, let's move on. We're going to go into our segment of sweat, no sweat, where we present each other an idea and we're going to comment if we think it's going to be a big sweat or a no sweat. So I'm going to kick it off. So since today, I know we're going to talk a lot of NFL first, but uh, as a little kind of preview, I guess, to talk about some of our best bets for the big game tonight. So my, my sweat, no sweat for you, Matt, is tonight we are all pumped up to see this big game full of superstars, KD, Kyrie, Joel, Harden, etc. So I'm going to say tonight, James Harden, he is out to prove a point. He's sick of all the snarky little subtweets from KD. He's sick of Kyrie's weirdness. And tonight's the night where he is going to run rampant. He's going to score. He's going to dish. He's going to be boarding. He's going to try to manhandle and prove, you know, it was a wrong move to kind of alienate him, have him kicked off the team, etc. So I'm going to say James Harden is going to ball out, easy triple-double, Show who's, show them who's boss. Sweat or no sweat? Okay, you had me until you said easy triple double. <laughs> so <laughs> I was ready to click the no sweat button, but uh, I'm going to say you're going to sweat that one out. I, I mean, I took James Harden's point total over sneak preview for my best bets. Um, I took his point total over. I took his assist total over. I didn't touch the rebounds. I think that he's going to let Joel Embiid clean up the boards and he's uh he's not going to get a triple double so again you had me until that last <laughs> sentence i was gonna i was ready to click and i was gonna mash no sweat <laughs> all right what do you got for me man all right so i i stuck with uh with football and my sweat or no sweat is carson wentz he's the washington football team are gonna win their first game in philadelphia i just feel like um Whenever the internet universally just jumps on something and just dumps on a trade, there's no way that it's going to work out the way everybody says it will. So I'm not saying he's going to have a good year or that Washington's going to have a good year. But in his first start in Philadelphia, there's 100% chance that he's winning that game. Just because the internet, when they dunk on something, it just they have to have their comeuppance, you know? Man, he's going to win his I'm going to, I'm going to say sweat. I'm going to say sweat. And my, my rationale is I I just got one word for you. This is one sentence is Carson Wentz must win versus the Jags. That's, that's fair. That's That's a fair point. That's That's all I got to say. And that sums it up. And that's why I just, I can't, I can't trust the guy. Can't trust the guy. After I saw that performance, I said career done. So I'm, I'm shocked that he's, people are even pining to get this guy even as a holdover or bridge. I just, that performance right there sums it up for me. So fair. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. I just think that uh, I think that the universe just can't have someone just like I said, just universally dunk on something. There's good. It's gonna it's gonna move the other way. He's gonna have one good game, and I think it'll be in Philly. But we will see. Yeah. No. I mean, look. I think at the early part of this season, I, I think I don't think many people would have been like, man. Like there was a there was that narrow window where everyone's like, man, look at Carson. Look at this team. He's he's gonna he's driving them into the postseason. He's this see this is what we were waiting for. And there was a lot of love. And then and then you know, just, just kind of fart noise. <laughs> 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 exactly. Exactly. All right. So moving on to our main topics, the meat and potatoes of our show. So again, it's been a big week of NFL news. So first, we're going to kick it off with Calvin Ridley and the Calvin Ridley suspension. So for those of you who don't know, to give you some context, 
Calvin Ridley, uh, wide receiver, Atlanta Falcons, has been suspended indefinitely for betting on NFL games. So apparently he gambled while he was inactive away from the team. It was somewhere in November 2021. Again, he claims he bet about $1,500 worth of bets. Um, Somehow the news is saying that allegedly they involve some parlays, a three-leg, five-leg, eight-leg parlay that included the Atlanta Falcons to win in some of these. And as a result of the investigation, uh, he's been suspended indefinitely for at least all of 2022 to lose over $11 million. 11 mil- I think it was $11.1 million of his contract. Um, the NFL comes out and says, like, look, from our investigation, we don't think any of the games were compromised. I don't know how you prove or disprove this, but they're saying the coaches, players didn't, like, feed him any kind of inside info. So they're just saying flat out, like, the integrity was preserved, etc. Um, but obviously, betting on games, this kind of kind of holds a very special place when it comes to suspensions, and they're severe. Yeah. So he joins yeah. one of four other players. So he's like the fifth, I think, to be suspended on uh, gambling, you know, violations in the NFL. So, first question I got for you, Matt: it's, Is the punishment too harsh, or is this befitting of the violation? I do not think it's too harsh. Um, I understand the argument about like, you know, the NFL preaching about the integrity of the game while the owner pays the team to lose, pays the coach, like allegedly pays the coach to lose. And they botched pretty much every punishment that has come up, like any you know domestic violence or assault, anything that stuff they botched. But it's just it's rule number one. You just can't bet as a player. You can't you can't bet on the game. Um even though I get that he was away and he bet on the Falcons to win. And it's not like he knew he wasn't part of the game plan. He wasn't in the building, but still, it's just, I just think you have to have a hard line stance where you, you can't allow active players to bet on their team, regardless of what they're betting on. Because, you know, I, your argument about like, they should be able to bet their, their player prop overs. Well, if you do that for an individual game, like they have obviously intimate knowledge of the game plan. So they're going to know, you know what, I'm not going to, if they're, whether they're going to be featured or not. So they're going to know like this game, they got a weak cornerback. I know that they're trying to feed me the ball. I'll, I'll bet my player prop over. But in the next game, maybe they're going to focus on the run game or it's a better defense. And he doesn't bet that. And like you said, they already have incentive. So I don't really think you need to, to double do it and have them be able to bet on the game. And I just think that it's, it's, you're opening up a can of worms that you just can't allow. Like the one thing the NFL or sports in general can have is the outcome of the game in question. Uh, there's already about like so much talk about it being rigged and that like, Oh, the NFL wants these teams to win. I think you can't, you just can't allow it. You can't open that can of worms. Sure. Sure. Yeah. No, look, ultimately I think that that is a slippery slope, you know, I'm, I'm having kind of some fun with it, but yeah, I mean, ultimately it gets messy. Right. And, and it, we don't want to make the waters any murkier. And I know the arguments are going to be, well, players are probably doing it anyway. I mean, you know, who knows they got their own bookies. They're doing it through someone else's name. Sure. So it's probably happening as is. Yeah. Um, but look, I, I agree with you. I mean, I, I think, you know, I was having a little fun there, but I, I don't think it's the best idea. Um, but back to, you know, if the punishment is too harsh, I do think it's a bit harsh. I mean, I, I think you have to kind of almost do this in, in a case by case scenario, um, versus this kind of blanket rule. I mean, I look again, it, it, it does kind of, you know, jeopardize the integrity of the game, but again, he wasn't even playing, right? So he doesn't even, he wasn't even in the game. He doesn't necessarily have direct impact. So what? He has some inside information. He's going to make a little side money. Um, basically, I mean, like reporters, everyone's trying to get inside information, right? But again, it's different. They're not players. They're not gambling. But still, 
him just not even being in the games, like him actually actively tanking, dropping a pass, um, you know, forcing a play to like force him to get another pass when they wanted a run play, and he's like yelling yeah. at the QB in the huddle. Those things weren't happening. So I just I feel like man, like a whole season, a few games, huge fine, teach him a lesson. I'm down with that. You know, rules are rules. If you don't like it, go talk to the NFLPA, bargain it, whatever. So he should be punished. I just think it's a bit harsh. So I, I'm on, I'm just saying it's a little too much in my opinion. So, you know, so the next question I have for you is, so I know these are two separate things, right? So we're, we're talking about two different topics and a lot of people are kind of intermixing the things. They're using kind of that comparison argument. Well, domestic violence, um, you know, has this punishment, gambling only gets this, you know, violent yeah. crimes get this. So, but on that topic, just real quick, do you think because of this and because of the light it's kind of shedding on maybe kind of the disparity in some of these punishments, do you think the NFL, this is just separate from Ridley now, it's like, do you think the NFL, because that's been the popular argument on Twitter and stuff, does the NFL need to go look at these other suspensions and do they actually need to increase the suspensions for these other issues or is that just you know not even worth getting into what's your opinion on that yeah i mean, I mean no I, I totally agree i mean with the the nfl how they botched like any type of i mean if you smoke weed in the nfl you're i mean it's like you're the worst person in the world but you you beat someone you beat your girlfriend the nfl is like six games not a problem you know so like there's there's definitely um a, a problem with the suspensions in the nfl for sure I, like that i i 100% agree with i just think that um like with gambling in general, you just have to, you have to, like, I mean, Ridley, it maybe was a little harsh, but they probably just wanted to make an example of it. Or like, we don't care that he was away. Sure. We don't care. They didn't bet on this team to lose. Like you just, you just can't do it. So um, I do, I, but yeah, I do agree with your, with your point about like, they should maybe look at these other suspensions that they've taken really lightly. Like you wonder what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson when his, when his legal thing is figured out, like, is, is he sure. going to be suspended by the NFL? I mean, who, who knows? Um, I think one thing, that I've seen a lot of it uh, around on Twitter is that I'm kind of interested in your opinion on is like, do you think that there's like a hypocrisy going on with the NFL? Because like they're making so much money from like uh, now like marketing, gambling and sports books and all that stuff, but they're taking such a hardline stance against players. Like, do you find any hypocrisy in that at all? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, no, I mean, look, I mean, they're a business, right? So, I mean, the, the, the league itself, right. Um, the administrators, I guess, and the, and the owners there, I mean, they're not on the field playing the game. So they're, they're looking for revenue streams, right? So, I mean, it's, it's kind of, they're related, there is hypocrisy, but players want a ton of money, right? They want big contracts. They're saying, we don't get paid enough. We want bigger guaranteed contracts. We want to have contracts like the NBA, the MLB. So, you know, look, so more money means you need more money coming in. Um, you know, some will argue how much is too much. Like, do you need to even go into that realm? But um, no, I, I mean, it's a business, right? So they need money coming in. Um, we like the spectacle as fans. We like it bigger, larger. We love the huge stadiums. So uh, yeah, I mean, I, I understand where it is, but it's a business. So and, and I get why they need to draw a line and they need to draw kind of a hard line because you don't want people saying this is all rigged. And, and that's all we see, right? We see, especially in the gambling Twitter space, we see it's, this is rigged, man. They made the call. Uh, FanDuel made the call, uh, DraftKings made the call, and every, I mean, and it would just continue to fuel that paranoia, right? And fuel 
um, you know, people suspicions and it just wouldn't be a good look. So I, I get it why they have to draw a hard line. So yeah, I mean, I, I understand it, but I don't have a problem with them because they're, they're trying to make money and it's a big business. So. Yeah, I, I totally, I totally agree. And I feel like, I mean, it's a pretty easy line of distinction to say like, yeah, we're like we, people that watch the sport can bet on it, but the players can't like, so I don't really think, um, I don't really think it's hypocritical at all. And also like the more money the NFL makes that goes to the players. So the, like, it, it's a good thing that the NFL is making money off of, um, off of all the, you know, the whole gambling world yeah. now. So, so, so yeah, I, I I'm with you. I'm with you. Okay, cool. So, all right. So let's move on to the big QB trades. We'll start off with the blockbuster one. So the big Russell Wilson trade. I mean, I think a lot of people out there just saw him maybe being a Seahawk forever. But so for those of you who aren't updated on the details, let's run it down for you. So basically, Seattle traded Russell Wilson and their 2022 fourth round pick to the Denver Broncos. And in exchange, they received Drew Locke at QB, Noah Fant at tight end, Shelby Harris as D-lineman, two first-round picks um, in 2022, two second-round picks this year and one next year, and a fifth-round pick this year as well. So those are that's the breakdown of what was in the transaction. So big trade. Um, so my question to kick this off is I was actually surprised when I did some digging in the stats. I, I was actually surprised that Denver was 12th in offensive DVOA rankings and 11th. 11th in past DVOA, specifically yeah. on offense. I couldn't really believe that. I mean, my eyes kind of did its double take. So knowing that with that, I knew the receiver core was, you know, good and, and they, they got a bright future. I didn't realize they were that highly ranked in DVOA rankings. So knowing that that's the case, that's what you can do with subpar QBs. How much higher will Russ take them, in your opinion? Yeah, I was going to make that same point. I was shocked because I, I looked into Denver. I wanted to see because I, I mean – I think the prevailing thought on Denver is that they had a really good defense and that their quarterbacks held them back, but the stats don't really bear that out. Um, yeah. Like if, that's if what I was surprised to, by. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you took a look at their defense, but if you had to guess, what would you say their defense was rated in, in, in terms of DVOA? I don't know if you already looked at it or not. God, no, I, I did. I did. So I'll, I won't steal your thunder. I, it was, it was way lower than I actually yeah. thought. Way, way lower. lower than I thought it was 20th for the, for the listener <laughs> yeah. out there. It was 20th. And then, um, and then they got rid of a whole new coaching staff or they, they, sorry, they have a whole new coaching staff now. So they got rid of Vic Fangio, but um, as far as how good Denver can be, I think this is a fantastic trade. Um, I was really close to making my sweat or no sweat. I think Denver wins the division. I think they win the, AF, <laughs> the AFC. Uh, what's that? The West. Um, yeah, I yeah. I couldn't quite do that, but yeah, I mean, they had a better rated offense in Arizona last year than Cincinnati, Baltimore, Tennessee, like teams that you think have elite offenses because of uh, their general success. Uh, so I think it could be, I think getting Russ could be huge. I mean, they have good weapons, as you said. Uh, I think easily I could see it being a top, a top five offense. It's really, they just got to fix the offensive line, which wasn't horrible. They're like middle of the pack, but um, I mean, Russ just suffered through a terrible offensive line. It's pretty much his entire career in Seattle. So if they can just get that to be above average, I, I'm, I mean, I think the sky's the limit for the, the, or the offense for uh, Denver. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, even if you take not even just in the division, just if you think about like, you know, AFC, I mean, who do you got there that are clear, like, who's like clearly like a deviation above them? I mean, who would you say? Like, what would off, off the top of your head? Like, who's clearly, clearly better without clearly even Clearly better. I think you still have to give Kansas City. Yeah, Kansas City, what, Bills, Buffalo. right? Buffalo. And then after that, it gets kind That's of debatable, right? That's pretty so, much it, yeah. I mean, they barely, I mean, they almost beat... <clears throat> I mean, granted, Cincinnati, like, they're kind of an okay regular season team who just, like, kind of just took off in the playoffs. But sure. they almost beat Cincinnati when they played this year. They beat the Chargers once. Um, and that was with, like, 
I mean, just again, the, the, the blah they had at quarterback, um, they had a really good run game. They like slowed the game down. I think that's kind of why the, like the defense didn't, their stats weren't necessarily as good as, or like, I guess their advanced stats weren't as good as like their just regular stats. Like I think they're pretty good in points per game and yards, yards per game, given up and all that stuff. But it's mostly because their offense did a good job of controlling the clock. So I think getting an a, a elite quarterback, I think it's huge. So yeah. I guess my, my question for you is, is like, what do you, what do you think of Russ? Cause I think there's, there's a side of the internet that thinks this was a good trade for Seattle because of Russ has kind of struggled the second half of the year, the past two years, granted, I mean, he broke his finger this year, so it's a little bit different, but just sure. curious, like your overall thoughts on Russ. No, I mean, look, man, I, I, I see him. He's, he's proven himself that he, he is a winner He's he's got all the tools in the toolbox. I I almost felt like sometimes with with the C- Seattle offense, like they're almost kind of debating like wh- which direction are we going? Like are are we like it's almost like they wanted to force themselves to be like an efficient like run heavy offense, yeah. right? And I'm just like yeah, and and I get it as a fan, and we want to see offense and fireworks. I'm like just sling the rock, man, just let it. But yeah, at times that backfired. There there were some games where he's just throwing nonstop, and it's just you know the defenses were keying up on that, just stopping Lockyer, DK, stopping the deep routes, and they struggled. So. I, part of me almost felt like it's like the coaching staff and the offensive coordinators didn't even really know which direction they wanted to commit to. And they're just like, where are we going with this? And I almost felt like that was part of what was frustrating. So I feel like, you know, you have a cohesive plan of where you're taking this. You get his input. He's a proven winner. I I, th- I think he's got a solid few years left where this, this was a great trade. And, and I agree. I'd be, I'd, I'd be shocked if, if it doesn't work out at least offensively. So I agree. I, I totally agree. I mean, I, yeah, I think this is a fantastic trade for Denver. I mean, yeah. to be, I wanted Russ on the Eagles. I would have given up multiple first round picks to get Russ on the Eagles. So clearly it would have been hypocritical for me to say, no, it's a bad trade. Um, yeah. I think, I think he's great. I mean, last year he came back, I think it was, he was almost like trying to prove that like, like the, his human body can recover differently than like what medical experts say, trying to come sure. back as quickly as he did. So I think a lot of that has to do with why he struggled. Um, and then two years ago, they just like, I felt like their offense didn't have an answer when defenses took away the deep ball. They're kind of just like, well, yeah. they didn't know what to do. So I think having a more balanced approach and having um, like the good run game with the good receivers, which he had in Seattle, but I think getting uh, Nathaniel Hackett coming over from Green Bay, I think will be good. So yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I would not be surprised if they're a legitimate Super Bowl contender this year. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, now dun dun dun. dun. Commander Carson Wentz in Commander the house. Carson. Ca- Commander Carson. We're going to hear a lot of that. I'm going to be shocked if we don't have a, a very popular Commander Carson Twitter account already up and running and firing oh, I'm off sure those kind of like those Andrew Luck me. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, yeah, that pseudo cuts. I'd be shocked if if there isn't one already. So whoever's behind that, um, make sure you, you you hop on and you give us a shout out uh, at Osjam if you already got that account up and running. So to break it down real quick, Colts. Okay, so Colt. This was kind of a weird one. I mean, it's just basically both teams are just like whatever, in my opinion. Colts received the 2022 third round pick. 2023 third round pick that could escalate to a second round pick if Wentz plays 70 percent of the snaps and a 2022 second-round pick kind of exchange. And then the Washington Commanders got Carson Wentz and uh, swapping the 2022 second-round pick as well. Supposedly, this is what's hilarious. I I don't know if this is true or confirmed. Washington offered Seattle, supposedly, three first-rounders for Russ. And then, of course, that didn't go through. And then you go from that, shooting for the moon, and then Uh, you go to Carson Wentz. 
Carson Wentz. So. Disgusting. I mean, I can't. I cannot think of a worse quarterback organization combination in the world. Um, I mean, Wentz goes from like like what would you say like that that Colts situation is probably top three in the NFL in terms of coaching staff, defense, just like surrounding talent around him. Like the great offensive line, great running game, and then he goes to the Washington Football Team. The, the Manders, which is a top three, like worst organization in sports. Like that is like, I mean, the only thing I think that Washington has to look forward to is I bet Carson Wentz and Dan Snyder are going to become best buds in Washington. I think they're going <laughs> to re- reminisce about all, all the stuff that we don't need to get into here, but I think they're going to be best buds. But I mean, yeah. I just, so, I think it's a terrible, a terrible thing yeah. for Washington. So I, I think you sum up my opinion on that. So I, I think we're going to talk more about let's, let's spend a minute or two here. So more interestingly, where do the Colts go from here, right? With their QB situation, now that you know they basically don't really have a QB, so what are the options here? And what are, what's realistic? Is it is it a trade package for Jimmy G and you know rounding up some of these these draft picks, or do they maybe take a shot at like a Jordan Love now that Rodgers is staying? Bridgewater, everyone keeps talking about Trubisky. So what do you think? Like what's what's legitimate? Um, you know what's the best move? I mean, where do you think the Colts need to go from here? It's a good question. Uh, and I give a shout out to someone that follows me on Twitter, Tyler Rowe at Tyler Rowe 27 asked me the same exact question. Um, I mean, I think where the Colts go from here is probably uh, Jimmy G. That's my guess. I think um, there, there are reports that Ballard, the Colts GM wasn't a fan of Jordan love uh, in the draft. Was that three years ago? Whenever he came out um, 2020 draft, I guess it was. So I think Jimmy G is like, we'll give you pretty much what Carson Wentz gave you, except for just like the absolute implosions that Wentz does in certain spots. I mean, like I saw a stat that uh, this was taken, I think from just like a Colts fan, but that Wentz threw 15 left-handed passes <laughs> this season and he's a right-handed quarterback. So that, that, sure. that's pretty bad. Um, so I think Jimmy G will be perfect for them. Like he goes from a great situation in San Francisco to another great situation in Indianapolis. Um, assuming everything checks out with his shoulder. Cause I know he just got shoulder surgery. Um, I think the Colts could do a lot worse. I mean, I think Jimmy G's, not a good quarterback, but I think, I mean, two NFC championships in three years, he's going from to another good situation if this happens. So I think Colts fans should be happy if that ends up being Jimmy G. Yeah, I agree. What do you think? I what agree. do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, again, I, I don't think he's he's the best. I'll admit, like back in the day, you know, um, when, when people were kind of high on him, you know, in the Patriots days, as a Bears fan, I was actually pining for him saying, man, we got to get Jimmy G. And then now I'm just kind of, maybe we kind of dodged a bullet there. And, you know, yeah. he's not the worst. He's not amazing. But, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think that's kind of the most sensical move where you hope maybe he has a little bit of a resurgence. Maybe he just needs a different system, et cetera. Um, play it out for a year or two. But, yeah, it's just what are you going to have to give up to kind of almost experiment a little bit? And I think that's, that's what you got to kind of have to weigh out. So we'll see. We'll see. But I yeah. agree. Yeah, that's fair. I don't think it'll, I mean, because they gave the 49ers gave up so much to get Trey Lance, I don't think they'll have to give up too much to get Jimmy G. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. All right. So for the degenerates out there who follow (laughs) us, I know the ones who want to fast forward and go to our best bets. So here we are with today's best bets for the, the main premier TNT game, the Philadelphia 76ers versus the Brooklyn Nets. So today, we're going to just focus on this one rather than both of the TNT games because this is such a big game. I am yeah. pumped up. It's a regular season game, but I am pumped. I'm, I'm excited to watch this game. I think most of the nation is. So let's get started. Let's let's jump in to some of our best bets. So 
Um, I'll kick it off with one here. So, you know, I know some people follow me on Twitter. I've already posted a few things, but these are some, you know, just kind of player props um, instead of like parlays that I'm going to throw out there. So look, I know everyone is focused and you don't need advice. Everyone's smashing KD overs and Kyrie overs and Joel overs. And, you know, so I got a couple other ones that that have some, you know, statistical trends and some angles there for those of you who are looking for extra action. So I'm going to go with uh, Matisse Thibel. I'm going to say his over, I caught his over at 5.5 points as a player prop at minus 118 on FanDuel. I think it's creeped up and got a little bit more juice since then, but that was this morning. I'm going to roll with that. Obviously, he's a defensive specialist. People are like, are you crazy? Why are you going to bet on that? But look, if you actually look at it, um, you know, in the games that Harden has been playing, he's hit this about four out of five times, I believe, um, or at least four out of the five last games, and especially in the games that Harden's been playing. I think the one time he missed was against the Cavs, and, um, you know, that game better perimeter defense you got uh, Allen and Mobley in the middle it's kind of stuff there in the middle so it's kind of harder but he's been playing you know in a very different fashion I feel like he, he went with Harden in the mix he's just more of a slasher cutter yeah. not a great shooter and his stats show that but now he's in this role where people are keying up on Harden and he's been being freed up to just kind of make some back cuts um, and that's where he's been getting his points and Harden has been dishing out assists to him so you got a full game to kind of just fart your way into six <laughs> points, and he's been doing it statistically. So I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with that as my first one, and then I have a, I have another one, but I'll throw it out to you. What's your first best bet? Um, I think I mean just comment on yours. I think that's a good I think that's a good bet. I mean he like you said he's been playing better with with Harden. He's a great cutter and he's incredibly athletic. The Sixers just had. T- like, I mean, I can roast Ben Simmons all night, but he's a good passer. I'll give him, I'll give him that. He's a good passer. And with him gone, the Sixers, not they didn't have a single player that was a plus passer on their team. So getting Harden, who's like an elite passer, I think is big for someone like Thibel who can't create offense on his own. And like you said, he can't shoot. Um, well, first of all, I'll just say, don't ask me how much money I have on this game overall, because it's, <laughs> it's been, dis- it's disgusting. And um, this isn't one of my bets, but I just thought it was an interesting trend. So the total opened, at 222 when betting opened up for this game. It's yeah, been bet I up saw that. all the way. Last time I checked, it was at 226, <clears throat> which is which is wild. But my favorite bet of the game, I posted this one on Twitter, um, is actually I'm taking a Nets player. Uh, Andre Drummond over nine and a half rebounds. Okay, okay. I think that's my. I, that's the only play I had where I call it a McSlam. It's like my favorite when I just, it's a bet that I load. Um, but my logic here is, He's probably going to play more minutes because they're probably going to try and have him guard his bead as much as possible because they don't really have any other big men. <clears throat> like Aldridge is like really is can't bang down low with Embiid. Um, Nick Claxton is like too skinny, so Drummond's the only one that can really just bulk up and, and like be beefy enough to stick with Embiid. And say what you want about Drummond, but that guy just eats up rebounds. I mean, he just sure. wakes up and just eats up rebounds. So getting him over nine and a half, I mean, I could see him hitting this in the first half, you know, like he just gobbles up rebounds. So of all the, I think I, I looked it up. I have 12 pending bets for the Sixers game. That one is my absolute favorite. Uh, Andre gotcha. Drummond over nine and a half rebounds. No, I could buy it. I could buy it. My only reluctance would be, you know, Joel may get 4,000 free throws, right? And then he <laughs> might foul him out. He might foul, foul, him. foul trouble, right? That That's yeah. it. My, minus that. I agree. I mean, it's just minus that. Maybe, you know, if, if Joel decides to hang out, uh, you know, by the three-point line and he's feeling himself, you're kind of pulling him out of the box a little bit, you know, maybe harder to get some of the easier rebounds. But, yeah, 
You're right. I mean, as long as there's no foul trouble, I mean, he he should gobble up some boards. That that would be the only hesitation I have is is he are the refs going to you know, give Joel that respect and just give him every ticky-tack foul. And, and is he going to get two, three fouls in the first quarter, second quarter real quick, li- which limits his minute. But other than that, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I like that. I like that. Yeah, that's fair. I, the foul trouble is a, is a big deal for, for MVP. Yeah. He, yeah, that, he I, I think that's the variable, really. So um, let's see. The one more I got, and this one, I'm, I'm kind of juicing it up a little bit for some plus money odds. So because um, the, the prop by itself, it's kind of juiced. So Maxi. Two three pointers and Philadelphia to win. So under the uh, player performance doubles in FanDuel. Like so um, the the threes by itself. I, I kind of like that initially. I waited too long. Now I think it's like minus one fifty five or something. Kind of you know just too too much juice for me. But if you add that uh, you know performance double with the um, Sixers money line, it comes out to it's around plus one fifty four. So I don't know if that changed okay. by you know later this earlier this afternoon. But I'm going to take that. I think I put like 50 bucks on that. So Maxi two threes and the Sixers to win plus 154 with Harden in the mix. He's just, you know, he's playing a different role. I mean, he's he's just scoring buckets. He's been amazing. He's, he's been he's been amazing. he's been amazing. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. He's shooting, he's not gun shy. Uh he's averaging about 3.2 threes or so with Harden in the mix. So I I see the Sixers winning, so I like it. So I, I, I just took it for the extra boost in the odds. Uh plus one fifty four, maxi two threes in Philly to win. So Yeah, I like it. I like it. I um I I don't have an official prediction as far as like the spread and who wins. I just could not get a good feel for this game because like I think I can see this being a game where like the Sixers or I guess both teams are so jazzed up that it's like it's like a game seven where nobody can shoot because they're like they're too amped up, you know? So sure. Um, like the first half under is something that I looked at that I thought could be a good, or like maybe just the first quarter because teams just coming out just like too, literally too amped up. I just can't find the rhythm. Um, but yeah, I just couldn't get a good feel for as far as who I thought was going to win. So I actually, none of my bets are on the, um, I took the under, um, because just like it got bet up so high that that just screams sure. under, but I don't have anything on the spread or money line. I just couldn't get a good feel for it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I feel you. I think there's so much hype around this game. It should. I'm, I'm hoping it has like a playoff feel to it. So I, I hope they're taking it as seriously and not just seeing it as another, you know, regular, se- just, you know, average regular season game. So hopefully the players are hyped. Hopefully they loosen up real quick and it's a fun game and it's not just some sloppy grind fest. So, yeah, I think, I mean, the last time the Sixers and Nets played was, I think, New Year's Eve and Embiid and, um, Embiid and, Kevin Durant were drawing at each other. It was before Kevin Durant got hurt. So I think they're going to be jazzed up. I think they're going to be super jazzed up. Gotcha. All right. Anything else? Any other bets or angles you want to go over before you start wrapping things up? No. I'm, I mean, I got 12 player props. If, I'm, if I win <laughs> half of them, I'll be happy. That's, that's what I'll go. That's what I'll say. <laughs> if you could survive and just keep playing, man, that's, that's just the name of the game. Have survive fun. Survive in advance. Survive in advance, keep the bankroll going. So that's all we can ask for, you know, as degenerates. So exactly, exactly. All right. So just as a reminder, you know, if so, shout out again, you know, to uh, Tyler for sending us that question. So please feel free to email us uh, at the email address that you see below if you want to ask us some questions, whether it's about just general sports betting tips, if you're kind of a new sports better. Um, just kind of strategies or just anything about sporting news like we talked about today. Feel free to send us some stuff. We'll try our best to answer things or just kind of naturally incorporate it into our show. Um, and before we wrap up, we always wrap up with a little bit of what's cooking because this kind of leads into the weekend. Tomorrow's Friday. Get an early start on the weekend. So what's cooking for you this weekend, Matt? So um, 
my uh, girlfriend is out of town. I live, I live here with my girlfriend. So um, out of town for the weekend, I should say. So, and my mom is also out of town. So I'm actually going home. I only live like 45 minutes from where I grew up and I'm just having a guy's weekend with my dad. <laughs> just going home, nice. bringing the dogs, having a guy's weekend. What about you? What's cooking nice. for you? Well, let's see. What's cooking for me is uh, a little bit of planning. And, um, you know, I got I got a birthday coming up in April, and it's going to be a big one. Um, man, I'm an old man. I don't know how old you are, man. I'm not even going to ask you, but I'm turning 40. So I'm turning 30 this year <laughs> in, in May, so I'll be two short months. <laughs> so what's cooking this weekend is just finalizing some plans, um, you know, my my wife is awesome, and she's like, you know what? Let's go to Vegas for your forty. And I said, that is, I said, that okay. Is awesome. And I said, I am down with that. So, f- putting some finalizing touches and planning out a, a Vegas trip for for April. So, um, it's possible that come April, uh, we'll do one of our you know episodes, possibly while I'm in Vegas. We'll see what day it lands on. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but but planning a Vegas trip, going out to one of the hotels on the Strip. Uh, you know, play some slots, which I know is pointless, but I love slots and the bells and whistles and the yeah. fun of it. And, um, it. you know, make some bets in person at the sports books, feel the action. So I'm excited. I'm excited just even in the planning phases. So that's what's cooking for me is planning a Vegas trip. That's awesome. That's awesome. I went to Vegas uh, November right before um, pandemic hit on a work trip. It's got it all. It was all funded for me. I didn't have to pay for a dime. So I, that's, that's, that's awesome. Good nice. For you. nice, 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 nice. Cool. All right. And before we wrap up, I know, Matt, you wanted to give a shout out to what's coming up next on the Odds Jam YouTube channel. Yeah. So just stick right here on the Odds Jam YouTube channel. Mike and Bob um, are just coming on right after us talking about some last minute bets before the games tonight. Mostly talking college hoops, some NHL as well. Uh, and if you don't know Bob, Bob's a legend. He goes on in the morning drinking coffee, he goes on in the afternoon playing his guitar. <laughs> Absolute legend. So definitely check that out when we hop off. All right. Sounds good. So again, guys, I'm Andrew Kim, and this is Matt, and we are part of Sweat the Bet here at OddsJam.com. Hope you guys enjoy the show. Please follow us on Twitter. You see our handles here. Let's message each other on our timelines. DM us as we watch this awesome, awesome Nets and Philly game tonight. All right, guys. Signing off. Sweat the Bet. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening, everybody. Please make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and let us know what you thought. Thank you.